Hey, I'm Will. And I'm Kat. Ooh, that was loud. Sorry. <laughs> If you love 1980s pop culture, you'll love 1980s now. Each week we discuss our favorite 1980s media. Like movies, TV shows, music. Yeah, we chat with our favorite 1980s celebrities. Let's see, we got a lot of those. Uh, And sometimes it's more meaningful, like affirmations with Dee Wallace. And other times, uh, Alex Winter tells us what Bill and Ted's phone booth smells like. Smelly. But it's always fun. And sometimes there's a surprise game, like right now, because once again, it's time to play... When you think of garbage, think of Akeem. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, darn. I thought you had some. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to miss the 1980s. You can have your 1980s now. Because that's the name of the show. Did it, you think people got that part? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> BustedTees.com. Like t-shirts? I, I have a question. Why have you not already gone there and started buying all the cool geeky gear they offer? Look, I'm not just saying this because they're a sponsor. I mean, they are, so it helps. But I'm saying this because it's true and because we love you. And we want to see you smile, boo. They have retro movie, game, and pop culture inspired clothing and apparel. And their stuff is amazing. Go over, drop some gear in your cart, then drop our promo code at checkout. That's my name, Jason25945. And they're going to hook you up with a sweet discount. You're happy. We're happy. Peace falls across the world. And you look badass when it happens. That code again is Jason25945, and that website is bustedtees.com. Designs that pop culture. What's happening, party people? Jason Emmett here, and listening... Uh, no, let me start that over. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm going to try that again. Take two. I was like, I, I could tell you were already just like, nope, not happy with and, fucking do that again. And the, adding that one word changed <laughs> the entire fucking sentence. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's try it again. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? You do, do. What's happening, party people? Jason Emmett here. You are listening to The Mixtape, and I am joined by a guy so awesome, everyone tries to steal his style, but misses by a mile. The one, the only, the bearded wonder, Twisted Kid Matt. Hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's always trying to jack my style. But missing by a mile. Missing by a mile. I told Kev. That just makes me smile. I was. I told Kevin. I was like, I just like doing these intros, and Matt has no idea what I'm going to say, mm -hmm. and just <laughs> getting his reaction. There's always like a pause. Why you <laughs> like? Why you take it in and go? Did he say something insulting, like, or was it nice? I never say, say anything yeah. insulting. <laughs> uh, we have an interesting episode to share this week, don't we, Matt? We sure do. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would that confused you even more, just me asking you the question. <laughs> well, I muted myself for a second. So, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I put together a show. I didn't tell the guys anything about what we would what we're going to be chatting about. And I did that because I wanted it to be kind of a total surprise. Uh, I wanted to get their unbiased opinions right up front, right out of the gate when they heard stuff. Um, I didn't want them yeah. to come in ahead of time going like looking up stuff and I, I just wanted them to hear it and go, Oh God, you know. Uh yeah. notice the theme. Yeah. We have no idea what he's doing. No most idea. Of the time. No idea. Uh <laughs> neither do I. So it's pretty it's, fun it's actually. <laughs> kind of going like, oh yeah, yeah. I I see where they where they went with that. That's yeah. Right, understandable why it sounds exactly the same as so, this other. Right, so this week, that's what this week we're going to be talking about artists who were accused of ripping off other artists. Yeah, that's what we're and, talking about. And in some cases, yeah, hundred percent. Oh they yeah, totally ripped them yeah. off and should really pay royalties. Yeah, a few of them are really hard to argue against, and some did yeah. end up having to pay, but others didn't. And it's sometimes it's just because the musician who they ripped off is classy about the whole thing, and yeah. sometimes like, you're yeah, like, yeah, you were you you were just inspired by it, not a big deal, it's cool. And then you get others where it's like, yeah, you weren't just inspired by it; you literally just went, let's get the karaoke version <laughs> and just add new lyrics, <laughs> download it off of Carafun. You know what's bad though? On the other hand, there's some of these dude that it's straight up like, how did they not? It's yeah. like, or, or, or how did they get sued for that? Yeah. Like that is clearly like, it's, yeah, we hear it, but is it straight up the same? Not really. You, there's always going to be similarities and stuff in life, you know, and is it similar enough? But sometimes they get sued for that crap anyway. And you're like, I don't know how that happened. So, yeah. Uh, but that said, before we get into it proper, we always have a few pieces of housekeeping that we need to get out the way, get out the way. Um, and then we're going to jump into the main <laughs> <laughs> move that, that that hit me after after a second i was just like wait what okay um first if you have not done so uh please drop us that review we've been asking for lately we didn't use to ask for it and then we started and it has uh been awesome it's noticeably helping yes noticeably so, so yeah, noticeably. yeah if you got a few seconds whatever you're listening through Hit the review button, leave us a review. Uh, we yeah. would really appreciate four it. Four stars and or four stars. No, don't do four stars. Do five. Uh, five unless you can go higher and then go to ten, <laughs> as we've said in the past. Uh, with that being said, if you like us, uh, we I didn't. Guess if that, <laughs> that's what we need to say right there. We didn't know about this till recently. So yeah. that might be why uh, maybe you think we're rude. <laughs> we're like, man, they never say anything. That's because we didn't know. Uh, there is, there are other ways to support the show, something that we never pushed, but we're getting ready to, I know people are going to hate hearing that, but we're not going to be overly, because we know, legitimately had no idea. We had no until, idea until the other day. Um, if you want to support the show, there's a couple different ways you can do that. Um, if you listen through Spotify, you can support us there directly. And we found out we have a few, uh, supporters on there and Matt wanted me to shout them out. Yeah. I can do that. Uh, as we get more, it may be more and more difficult. Maybe we'll put a page on the website or something, like a thank you page or something, which would be really yeah. cool. I don't know if I should give last names. Should I give last names no, or just first names? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't so to all these name. people recently, like the, within the last week or so, uh, Rebecca, Edith, Claire, Jim, Valerie, Melvin, Nicholas, and Roderick, thank you guys all so much. Um Wow, like it means a ton to us. We really yeah. appreciate that. These are all Spotify supporters. 
Um, you can support through Spotify, but we realize not everybody on our show listens through Spotify. So um, we we don't we don't like to pander to this stuff, but there are show costs. And actually, recently we've had a lot of show costs. So there were some things yeah, that were necessary. Um, if you listen to a few episodes, including this episode, um, yeah. because it was pre-recorded before this roll, so we had a, a mic mishap, and so we've been trying to get Kevin's mixer set up, but it's old and it's just not working properly. So we actually have him fixed, hope, hopefully moving forward, Yeah. but the reason he sounds a little off um, it, is because he's using a, a temporary fix. Te- yeah. we'll, we'll need to actually replace it with the proper... Yeah, we've stuff, we've got him good for a while. We're, we're making it we're making it work with what we've got currently. Yeah. So yeah, like I say, that you may or may not have noticed from one place and putting it somewhere else. You may or may not have noticed this microphone situation has not been the clearest. Uh, again, that should be fixed moving forward. But yeah, um, things like that they come up. We have show costs. We don't really talk about them a whole lot because I don't like doing that. But uh, if you if you want to help support the show, we appreciate yeah. it more than you guys if you are so inclined would ever could imagine. But we know not everybody goes through Spotify. Um, so we created a Buy Me a Coffee link over on our website. You can go there. Um, you can click on that. And you can do a one-time donation, I think. Or you can you can sign up. It's somewhere to like Patreon. There's a link, and you can actually become a subscriber. Now, if, if, you're, required, if you're doing a one-off, great. Thank you. If you become a subscriber, that's freaking awesome. We're working on some stuff for subscribers down the road. Now, I want to be very clear because other shows have said this. We're going to... Uh, nothing will change when we start a subscription. In other words, all the... Everything's free um, yeah. except for subscribers are probably going to get some ad-free stuff and and maybe an extra episode. That's like an extra mini episode or something every month. Um, yeah. But we don't... We haven't... We're not there yet, so don't worry about it. We'll let you guys know when that happens. Um, with that being said, you know... We might get some more ads. We're working on uh, a couple other sponsorship deals. So there is actually, actually, there is a third way you can help out the show right now, uh, and that's bustedtees.com. You can go over there and buy something uh, because it's cool. So, like, honestly, you'd go there and buy something because you want that something, not because, you know. And if you put our promo code, Jason25945, is that right? Two five nine. I love how you asked me this on the show. Rather yeah, well, because like, I expect you to know. <laughs> Please hold for the following. You probably heard an ad at the beginning. Listen to it. It's it's got it better. Than I'm, what I'm I looking do. it up real quick. While um, but if you put that in at checkout, uh, it get we get a little kick, and you get like twenty percent off. I think it's twenty percent off. So you might as well use it anyway and get some money off. And like seriously, you get, you get a whatever the discount is at the current time. Uh, the gear of it is uh, freaking cool. That code is. Jason two five nine four five. So I was right. That yeah. is Jason all capital, all one word. Jason two five nine four five. Put that in at your checkout, and you're going to get a discount. And their clo- their stuff over there is really cool. Like their t-shirts and stuff are hilarious. They also yeah. have socks, and I'm a sock dude. I and like cool socks, so. at some point, they may be able to actually upgrade it from Jason two five. I didn't pick that to something. Uh, I didn't pick that. It gave it to me. I, I didn't know. have. I didn't have any kind of they, option. They on assigned that. it, but it, at some point yeah. we may be able to get a custom code. Maybe so. I don't know if it works that we'll, way. We'll they used we'll my try. name because that's when we, you know. Anyway, yeah. um, our contest. We yes. have. We had a contest winner. We said we would uh, announce it, and we are going to announce it. 
Um, we had a, we had a, we had a few people. Boom, boom, boom. Who Thank sent in the correct answer, which was awesome. Yeah. One person got it in first, and I want him to know by 20 minutes you got it in first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, there were people hot on your heels uh, right behind you, uh, including including our friend Steve over there at the Armchair yeah. uh, Wrestling yeah. Podcast. And we'll he was, we'll do first name only as He well was right too. there. Like, I mean, he barely missed you. So the winner and the official pop culture champion of the mixtape Yep. I'm sorry. Stroke. 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 I, I mean, what better time to stroke out than just trying to save a 2023, which I couldn't get out of the Pop culture champion is... Do you just want me to say his first name? Jim. Yeah. <laughs> That's not very Jim. Jim. <laughs> Jim tracked down all three. Jim Jim knows who Jim is. Jim has been emailed already. He tracked down yeah. all three clues and sent them to us in an email. He got them here first, and he got them all right. Uh, he gets the T-shirt, which uh, should we tell him about that, or are you just going to tell him separate off the show? Uh, well, yeah, the, those are going to be coming to you. The yeah. T-shirt, the keychain, uh, vinyl sticker, and a couple other fun little cool things that are yeah, getting thrown we'll, we'll in there with some, it. find some yeah. fun little things. To throw oh, in. I already got some cool stuff. It's all sitting there ready to go. Who knows? I might I might uh, 3D print something. We'll, we'll <laughs> Mac see. got a 3D we'll printer, see. guys. So yeah. here are those answers in case you guys didn't know. Uh, the, yeah. f- the first clue should have led you to the album The Sign by Ace of Bass. The second and why clue. Why is that? What I don't know. I don't have the clues. Well, just say up. like the the say the the. I, I clue don't have them the up. Answer. Do you remember them? No. Okay. I, you had it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Matt pulled it up. Matt has them because yeah. I don't have them. All right, so Matt's going to tell you what the first uh, what the first clue was. Yeah. And then I guess I'll tell you what the answer was. All right, what was the first clue, Matt? Right. Clue number one. The episode was 95 of Billboard our show. Said, yeah, episode 95 of our show. But Billboard said it was 94's most sold. So the it most... Was an album with the same name, you should focus your attention there. The most sold single of 94 was The Sign by Ace of Bass. So in that one, we were telling you, we want that album, so focus on the album, right? Yes, yes. So the second clue was... Clue number two. The album title comes in number four. What comes in number two? So the fourth track on the sign is the sign, but the second track on the sign is don't turn around. So we want you now to, we wanted you to go the sign by Ace of Bass and the song don't turn around. And then came the third clue. Clue number three. Episode 16 of the mixtape will tell you the answer. Track 2 did not originally belong to this band. It was a 1986 B-side from this leggy, multi-Grammy award-winning R&B legend. So, on our 16th episode, we did Songs You Did Not Know Were Remakes, Volume 1. And on that episode, we talked about the song Don't Turn Around by Ace of Bass, which was originally recorded by the late, the great, the awesome Tina Turner. So your answers were... The Sign by Ace of Bass, Don't Turn Around by Ace of Bass, originally recorded by Tina Turner. And he got all three, 
and he got them first. So I asked, uh, apparently some of the people that did participate in the contest all said they liked it. So we we will do some more down the road. We will work on uh, getting some more of those in down the road. Hopefully you guys did enjoy it. And uh, it was fun for us to kind of put together. So yeah. There you go. Jim, we're going to be sending you some stuff, man. So be on the lookout. Uh, you're going to get some cool yeah. stuff. So we'll, we'll be in contact. Yeah. So we got, we got some fun little items thrown in there just, just for you. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go into the episode proper. We're going, to, we're going to talk about songs that were they ripped off by other artists. You guys can kind of decide. We're going to give you our hot takes on it. Like I said, the guys hot had takes. no idea. What songs? Uh, they didn't even know that's what we were going to be talking about until yeah, we did it. We we went in completely blind, not even knowing yep. the topic until he said it while we were recording. <laughs> and I liked that because they couldn't go look up like, oh, what songs could he be talking about? They just yeah. didn't know until we started talking, and then they yeah. they got to, they they got to hear the same clips you guys are about to hear. And they got yeah. to determine themselves whether they thought it was a ripoff or yeah. not. Uh, I don't know about Kevin, but I started kind of putting a few of them in my mind as soon as I knew what the topic was. And there's a couple of them that I, I kind of figured may get brought up. And I think one of them actually did. So Yeah, uh, yeah, I think there was there is one in there where you're like, ah, uh, I knew we were going to talk about that. Like, yep, I figured that one. Uh, yeah. Before we get into it, I do have two pieces of feedback from the grunge episode that I would like to uh, share on the show. Actually, I think I got three. Do I have three pieces of feedback here? I know I got two. I think the guys from uh, you guys. I'm totally disorganized this week. It's been a it's been a kind of a crazy, crazy week around here. But I've got a couple pieces of uh, grunge episode uh, feedback. I would like to uh, read to you guys. The first one comes from a David. David is our friend over at Totally 80s and 90s Recall. You guys should be listening to that podcast if you are not, because they are great. And they do very similar style stuff to what we do here. So if you like this yeah. show, you're going to like that show as well. We're going to have a, a little friendly rivalry I, with those guys, I think. Yeah, and we've been talking to them. Yeah. Actually, a couple <laughs> of the people here in a second... Uh, we're gonna we're, we're trying we're gonna do some crossovers with a couple of different people. So yeah. these we're trying to figure out a crossover with them. With by the way, guys, I think I have a good idea. So uh, David says, great episode on grunge, great list, and at a minimum, Beck and Radiohead can fall into the alternative area, which was adjacent to grunge. Uh, one critique you may not care about is no smells like Teen Spirit. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and without that song and that video. The rest of it may have not unraveled the way it did. Soundgarden and Alice in Chains um, had albums on labels, but didn't skyrocket until after Nevermind. Teen Spirit might not be my favorite song, but its importance can't be understated. Uh, but again, great pod, great songs. Um, we did an Alternative 94 episode. If you haven't listened to, I think you'd appreciate that. Keep it up. Great work. I did email him back. Um, so we actually briefly talk about this on the Grunge episode. It's funny how this kind of came about. Matt and I both steered clear of Nirvana on purpose. Now, you guys need to understand, Matt doesn't know my list. I don't know Matt's list. We, we don't. Nobody knows yeah. Kevin's list. We don't know what each other's yeah, going to give. Know Kevin knows Kevin's list sometimes. They send it to me, so I see them ahead of time, but I usually don't critique them a much that much. I usually go with what they say. I may tell them so, you know, somebody's already got that if you want to pick something else. Yeah. Uh, but usually... That's, that's literally all we know. That's all they know. Someone else has it. And and he doesn't tell us who has it. Yep, it could be me. It could else. be Kevin. I don't usually tell yeah. him. 
So Matt and I assumed that there would be a lot of Nirvana on the list. Uh, we didn't know that we both were making that assumption. And yeah. since we didn't want to overload with Nirvana, Matt and I steered clear of Nirvana. Kevin put one song on there. How do we know that was going to be it? We both may have picked a Nirvana song. So it wasn't one of those. Um, yes, I agree with you. In other words, I think Smells Like Teen Spirit is uh, a huge. Uh, yeah, there's there's literally no denying. Surprise, surprise. I owned that song. Guess what I owned? For the, the, the Smells Like Teen Spirit cause single, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kevin it even, wants. To, it even had the little baby penis on the cover. Kevin said we should do a because uh, singles Jason owned episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you could no. you could do an entire uh, Nirvana playlist. You did like for grunge. We talk about that. It's just one of those things. So it wasn't intentional that it got left off. It was. Uh, I mean, it was, but it, we didn't know everybody was going to leave it off, or it might have been a little different. As it flows. So our friend Steve Barber from the Armchair Booking Podcast, uh, he actually wrote in too. He said, love the grunge episode. I don't know if you caught this already, but there's a connection between grunge and the movie you talked about briefly on the episode, Black Sheep. And uh, funny, funny, we did not actually until you said it. And then I'm like, duh. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as Jay mentioned this to me ahead of time before we started recording this, I was like, oh my God, I totally Mm. forgot about that. So yeah, Steve says that at one point in the movie, Chris Farley's brother is campaigning for governor of Washington at a Mud Honey concert. Not the most famous grunge band, but pretty influential to a lot of bands who have followed uh, and uh, after them. We, uh, I actually did consider Mud Honey on my list and didn't end up using them. Uh, he said it was also one of the funniest scenes because Chris Farley's character had just smoked all the weed with a reggae band and then goes out on stage and screams, kill Whitey, <laughs> just to share so uh, we we may be wants to isolate that of Jay just saying that kill Whitey. Right we may we may try to connect <laughs> and and do some collaboration with Steve here uh, down yeah. the road too. We've been working on. There's so much going on, and we we mm-hmm. like so guys. If I'm bad about getting back, sometimes it's it's more of a I've got like five it's, million it's emails. A good problem to it's have a great problem to have. Yeah, and I, and yeah. by the way, we love getting the feedback. We do have one more from Chad. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Chad just, Chad just, he just lets us have it though. Chad is not happy with us. Jeez, Chad. He's, he's beefing. (laughs) Chad says, Hey guys, Temple the dog was a trip. I don't think he said it like this for the record. (laughs) Hey guys, guys, fuck you. You didn't let me go, Uh, Matt. I was going to be like a real dick and then like fucking tell him I'm just kidding. But no, Matt couldn't let it go. I was like, whoa. I was going to be like, I was going to be like. Yeah, Chad, thanks a lot. <laughs> but then, actually, the truth of it is, because um, I think he sent you a message on like uh, Instagram. Yeah. He was worried that he might have pissed us off, so I was going to make him think he actually pissed us okay. off. Okay. Um, so what you're going to find about us is we actually yeah, really welcome we actually really welcome the uh, feedback, and we yeah. we really want your opinions. So no, you didn't piss us. Like it's really yeah. hard to piss me off. But just this wouldn't have pissed me off. This Trust is me, just, I've been trying. This is just you giving us your opinion. Um, first of all, he talks about Temple of the Dog. Said it was a tribute album for uh, Adam Wood or Andrew Wood. Sorry, uh, he was the lead singer for Mother Love Bone. He overdosed. The group was formed uh, by members of Mother Love Bone, 
Green River, which became Mookie Blaylock, which uh, became Pearl Jam. I think we actually talked about Mookie Blaylock being the original name of the band. Um, we should we should also include like a uh, in and Jay, if you want to go ahead and, and Soundgarden, a little uh, a string, a string connection between all the grunge bands, like a family tree almost, because they're they're all interconnected in some way at some point. It seems like yeah, I mean a lot of the original ones I think were yeah. yeah. Like, without Mother Love Bone, you wouldn't have Pearl Jam. So, Eddie Vedder was in studio because he'd come down to uh, to audition for Stone Gossard and Jeff uh, Emmett and was hanging out with him, which I think I talked about, but Matt kept saying, like, and I was like, no, I mean, he was like, they were, like, rehearsing or some shit. I don't, I was like, I don't think they were, like, uh, like with them. He wasn't with Temple of the Dog, yeah, Eddie Vedder. I thought, he, I thought he had joined the band. Like, I thought he was just in the band. So, uh, but, yeah. th- but that's why he was down really there. Unaware. He was he was yeah. down there auditioning and rehearsing with Pearl Jam, and uh, they were doing some stuff, and that's when a Vedder just sort of jumped in. He said he heard he heard what Chris was trying to do, and he knew he was yeah. kind of struggling. He didn't ask. He just jumped in, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. How, did he, he, how did he ask him, by the way? How did he say <laughs> Um, what, just, what he is, didn't. He didn't. Like? He didn't ask at all. He just walked up oh. to the mic and he goes, "I'm growing hungry." <laughs> I was I was duct taping up this was, African uh, crop. Uh, I was going off the, the microphone, doing something very. Chris was Chris, Chris, Chris was trying really hard, and I thought I, I could do that. <laughs> uh, Even flow. Chad says, "I don't know if I'd put filter in the grunge category." Well, you'd be wrong. <laughs> He said, uh, I think they're close to pop industrial, closer to, I get that. I get the pop industrial reference. Um, In my defense, they are on a lot of grunge lists. If you look them up, like a lot of people put them in there. There's no doubt for some reason. And he said, I don't think the toadies fit either, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, They may both be second wave grunge, though. Uh, but for me, only Seattle bands fall into grunge. Now we are going to heavily. That's this is an area where we. I I agree that grunge started in Seattle, and I could get where you're going on this, but I think it did split out because you say you don't think Stone Temple Pilots and Silver Chair fit on that. <sighs> that one's tough. I I definitely think Silver Chair, and I would say early STP, but I do think they shifted their sound a lot as time went on. So later stuff versus earlier stuff, you know. Plus, both those albums came out in 94 and Grunge was on its way out, but it wasn't out yet. You're right, though. It was on its way out the door. We talk about this in the Nirvana episode we did many, many moons back, that when Grunge was on its way out the door and and bands that were kind of influenced and moving in underneath it. Uh, He says, Creep is the only Radiohead song I like. And sure, it has some Grunge elements, but I don't think it fits. Uh, yeah, that one was kind of tough for me. I think if you were, I think that Creep could have been a grunge song. I think is what we kind of reference in the show. Radiohead most definitely not a grunge band, but Creep could have been a grunge song. Um, I like Radiohead, but I could see their sound is so different than Creep. So saying that it's the only song you like makes sense because everything else they do, if you're not, if you're not into that style of music, they don't do much else that sounds like Creep. That's why it's kind of an, an anomaly song. Yeah. Uh, and then he sent us this Wikipedia thing. It's called The Grunge Years. This is a really good compilation of sub pop that had a lot of bands that didn't get as big as the big four, being Nirvana, AIC, Soundgarden, and Pearl Jam. Uh, and it's called The Grunge Years. If you guys want to go into your Wikipedia and just type in The Grunge Years, you can look it up. It's pretty cool. He said, don't get me wrong. I like all the songs you guys picked. There were just uh, a lot of non-grunge in my opinion. Well, Chad, 
I was going to pick on you, but Matt already screwed that over. Yeah. Uh, actually, man, we really appreciate the feedback. And please keep sending us feedback. We actually like the feedback, and we welcome the conversations. That's You know, we want to talk about music, and the great thing about yeah. music is it's subjective. And we like getting oh, yeah. people's opinions. I was going to bust your balls for a few minutes, but uh, uh, we actually yeah, really, and, really and had he said, it. had he said to me before we recorded, like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm talking about <laughs> Matt's I'm like, dude, don't. Email, That's our but listener, just, but just shut up. <laughs> you're, just shut up. You're, I was like, whoa, man, this is a listener. Come you're on. you're part of the tapeworm family now, man. Yeah, we, hell yeah, it's, welcome. It's, a, it's all love here. You know what you? Yeah, you're screwed. That's the thing about tapeworms is we're, they spread. We're gonna love you. We're going to love whether you, you, whether you like it or, or not. not. Use your words. <laughs> In the creepiest way possible. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys all for the feedback. Feedback is awesome. Uh, and you know what? We're about to tell you some ways you guys can leave feedback if you want to. And ways you can follow us online. If you want to be cool like those three dudes were, you should leave us some feedback. We're going to go ahead and drop our social media stuff right here. Then we're going to come back and we're going to deliver unto you all a show about stolen music. And it's all here only on the mixtape. That's good. If you are a fan of the mixtape podcast, then you need to follow us on the social medias. And if you aren't a fan, well, then you should start listening. Become a fan. Then follow us on the social medias. Here is how you would go about that. The easiest way to find us is by heading to themixtapepod.com and scanning the link tree. Or you can follow the direct links to each one. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We are on all of them. And you really should follow us. Because we interact with our listeners. We ask you guys to send your mixtape suggestions. We tease upcoming guests and events. And a bunch more. Also, we have a voicemail line. You can call, sing us a song, leave us a message, tell us your thoughts for the show, whatever you want. That number is 513-437-2377 or 513-HERAD77. There it is. All the social media stuff you should know. And like always, remember... To stay awesome. All right, so here we go, guys. In case you didn't know, I'm Jason Emmett. I'm Casey Masterpiece. And I'm Twisted Kid Matt. So uh, the guys have no idea uh, what we're going to be doing on this episode, which I kind of like. It means they're going in completely blind. Yeah, I'm kind of terrified a little bit. Um, no, it's exciting, but it's probably the best way to do this because you guys have no preconceived notions. You had no time to go look anything up online, yeah. even even if you didn't know what songs we were going to be talking about. We we don't even know the topic exactly, so yeah. you couldn't have went online and googled like other songs in this genre or in this field or whatever. So the, basically, the the way this whole thing started is uh, we had another episode lined up. It was a, a minor thing I had to deal with on Friday, house thing, which kept me getting to the office. And that's, I had my notes on the computer there for the episode we were supposed to be doing, which I'm going to tell you guys right now is our 80s country. I'm telling you guys, in case you want to send in some, we've gotten some listener suggestions already. But as is always the case, guys, send in what you think should be on an 80s country mixtape, and we will add it to, you know, whatever. 
But we were supposed to be doing that episode, and it, it we had another backup. We, we usually have a backup ready. So when we couldn't, I was just going to go to that. But then I caught a video, and that video got me thinking. And I was like, no, we should do this totally. So uh, there's been quite a bit of discussion on this show, on our show, regarding what is and what is not plagiarism. Uh, oh, damn. Especially okay. since we had a tiny little issue with the uh, estate of a certain artist who will go oh. a name, who has All gone right. after a few mu- musicians for allegedly swiping their stuff. Anyway. I thought it might be fun for us to look at a handful of songs that have been accused. I thought it might be fun for us to plagiarize. (laughs) No, we're not. We're not. We're not. I thought it would be fun for us to look at a handful of songs. Yeah, we're not trying to blur the lines here. (laughs) Ah, Not on this. Not on this. What is going on? I like that. I like that. I don't even know. (laughs) This is what happens when you open the floodgates, these guys. Uh Right. Ain't no Um, mountain high enough where we can't, you know, break down the hole. You know, that doesn't. You know, it's funny. Not on this list but you know uptown funk is ended up having to give credit to like 17 different artists which i just i'm think not is, surprised oh, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. anyway i thought it would be fun for us to look at a handful of songs that have been accused of cribbing from other artists and trust me uh we do have um j- these are just just a couple there's a lot more out there <laughs> than what i put on this list okay a lot <laughs> so we're just gonna hit on a few but I want to like get into it, and I want to kind of talk about it, and I'm going to play you guys the songs. We're going to talk about the songs, and then I'm, this is the blind react. These guys have no idea what the songs are. So some of them, they're probably going to be like, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Some, they're probably going to be like, holy shit. And I want to get their thoughts in the end. Do you think this is like legit? Do you think they have a legit you know, argument here, or do you think, mm. come on, not really? Uh, before we do that, though, we did a grunge episode a couple of weeks back, and um, there were a couple songs on there that we got, you know, is this grunge, is this not grunge? And we brought up, I had the toadies on mine, uh, I Come From the Water, and we had a small discussion, and I said, hey, you know what, I should just ask Rez from the toadies if he considers this a grunge song or not. And Matt's like, do it, reach out to him. So I did, and Rez is awesome. So Rez got back to me. And I'm going to tell you what he said about the song I Come From The Water regarding whether it is or is not grunge. So this, this is going to be official. This is official. Now. Yeah, this is coming from Mark Resnicek from the Toadies. He says, uh, we never really considered ourselves grunge per se, but the timing of when our first album came out coincided with grunge, and I guess our sound was similar enough that it does make sense. In other words, we don't care what you call us. As long as you call us. <laughs> <laughs> Best response. Yeah, Rez is, is great. Really if is. Uh, if you're not checking them out, you can follow Rez on Twitter. I think he's on Instagram too, correct, Matt? I believe yes. he, he might be. And you should follow him. One, um, he's just awesome, and they're still touring and doing a bunch of stuff. But two, he works on a comic book series now as well, which we talk about in that episode. So mm-hmm. uh, in our interview with, with Mark. And uh, he puts a lot of stuff up uh, regarding comic book artists and comic books and things like that. So go check him out. He's awesome. So, All right. So now we're going to get into the show uh, proper. And uh, I'm really curious to get to see what you guys think about some of these. So I, I went down a big rabbit hole over the last two days. And most of these, there's one or two in here that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd heard about that. And then a few got deeper than that. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't know about that. And then there's a few I'm like, really? And 
<laughs> so much to the point that when I was putting this together and I was clipping the songs in, I, I won't tell you the song yet, but I hit play on one and my wife goes, oh, I guess they're going to be in there. I'm like, yeah, that's not who you thought it was. <laughs> and she's like, what? That's not them? I was like, no, but that's the point. <laughs> and then she's like, holy shit. And then I played them back to back. She's like, yeah. So, but we'll get hmm. into all that. So the first one we're going to talk about, we're going to do things a little different. We're not going to play the clips first um, because I don't want you to hear them. I want you to hear the story behind them and then hear them and decide if you think that it's legit or not. So in 1971, guys, there uh, Coca-Cola comes up with this ad campaign, right? And it's it's a big success. Do you guys remember what that ad campaign was? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to teach the world to sing. Like to teach right. the world to sing. And uh, it worked. Okay, yeah. it was it was huge. Uh, it was all over. I was the born place. ten years later, and I, know I right. I none of us were born mm-hmm. yet when this ad came, yeah. but it was still a thing. Right. You know. Oh yeah, very much yeah. so. Yeah. So that song came from a uh, an already existing British jingle called "True Love and Apple Pie." It was written by Roger Cook and Roger Greenway, sung by a woman named uh, Susan Shirley. Uh, then the commercial came out. And uh, the commercial was big, so they decided we're going to record a full version. We're going to change the lyrics. We're not going to buy the world of Coke, obviously. And we're going to release a version by a band called the Hillside Singers. And it was popular. Like I said, we, we were just talking about it. It came out after or before any of us were born, but we all know about it. It was majorly popular uh, ad campaign. So popular, in fact, that, that maybe Oasis ripped it off. Um, <laughs> okay. So Oasis has a song called Shaker Maker, which you guys may or may not know. Shaker Maker was written by Noel Gallagher. The song was released as their second single in June of 1994, and then later they released it on their debut album, Definitely Maybe. Uh, it peaked at number 11 in the UK, and it was certified silver by the British phonographic industry, which is kind of like the RAAA. Uh, so when asked about the song, Noel Gallagher has said he he said he wrote the lyrics from inspiration taken from things in his life and the world around him and things you know that he saw. Uh, for example, a shaker maker, what the song is actually named uh, after, is was a popular toy in the seventies. Uh, there are references to famous people, um, things along those lines. So it kind of makes you wonder if he maybe didn't get some of his influence from somewhere else. Uh, regarding the whole thing, I'm just going to put it this way. I'm going to play the clip for you. Just know that later on, Gallagher has been known to quip, yeah, we drink Pepsi now. So <laughs> I'm going to play you the clip. It's going to start off with, um, I'd like to buy the world uh, a drink or whatever. I'd like to teach the world to sing, whatever. And then it's going to go right into Oasis. I want you guys to listen, and then we're going to talk about your thoughts. All right. I like to teach the world to sing, sing with me. So I will tell you guys this before we get your thoughts on it. Um, There is one other thing. 
they a, a lawsuit was filed and Oasis was actually forced to change some of the lyrics. So keep in mind what you're hearing even after the fact is is different than what the original version was. I heard some laughs and some chuckles in there. So uh, what do you guys think? Like, that just sounds like a blatant ripoff, honestly. Yeah. It's like it was so deep in his subconscious that he's like, or was it? Yeah, or yeah, or was, or he was it? Was just fully like, I'm using this song. Yeah, mm-hmm. the mo- one of the most popular ad campaigns of all time is going to become one of our songs now. So, or at I, least I think it's uh, pretty pretty obvious. That, or at that least that line, it. right? I mean, obviously the yeah. song diverges a lot after that, but that had to be inspired by it, right? Oh yeah, totally had to. I mean, that's don't worry, it's going to get way more. Some of these are going to be way more questionable, and then some of these are going to be like, what the. Fuck? Like seriously, how the there is one on this list, and I saved it for last because it just just pisses me off, and we oh, <laughs> we'll get into good. it. But it irritates right. me. Oh, please tell me it's a song that Marvin Gaye ripped off. No, no, that would be great. Be every like, song. Oh, on this, suck it, dude! Every song yeah, on this list on. today. Is right. a song that I believe Marvin Gaye took from somebody else. Wait, we shouldn't that do that. Fun episode. Oh, Mr. Gaye, guess who owes Cap Calloway money? There you go. Where's the lawsuit? Yeah. Here's the thing. I want to talk about this. So I, I did a lot of research going into this episode, and there are some very a deep pull there, Kevin. Cap Calloway. There, All right. There, well, there's some really important stuff to know, and some people people that did many not make it on this wants list. His money. Yeah. It's funny that you would say things like that because you know. I'd said many, many times in my life, like, how did the Beatles not get in trouble for Come Together? Um, because it's clearly, it was a Chuck Berry song. Yeah. Well, it was. And I figured it was Aerosmith, though. They didn't. Well, Aerosmith did it for... I know. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> Where? Maybe you didn't. I don't know. It's before your time, Matt. I was... <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, I was like, he's going to try to explain this shit. But like, they I didn't. know that's what happened. So they didn't... They did. They knew, like they never didn't not say that they were like. In other words, it was always a thing. They knew they were taking some of it from him, and they were always very outspoken about. It. I think things were just different at one point in time, and they were mm-hmm. they gave some credit to the fact that they were inspired. Um, worse than that is, uh, well, not worse. I mean, the Beach Boys totally took. Uh, is it Surfing USA? Uh, there's a song called I think is it. Sweet 16 or Little 16 by Chuck Berry. And it's it's totally the same. Like, it, it is the in exact same melody. But Brian Wilson has come out and said, well, yeah, I mean, I knew I was doing that. I wanted to write a surf song, and I loved his song, so it was supposed to be considered a, a tribute almost, never meant to be, like, offensive in any way. And I think that was kind of a thing at one point in time. The question comes, I, I think what makes this more important is do you then try to bullshit your way out of it and say you didn't do it or do you just sort of go holy shit yeah i did i guess i did and you guys are, i can think of one very famous case where they just bullshit well there's a it. couple on here mm, yeah I, I was gonna say i don't know if it's on here I'm but gonna, you know um we'll we'll see later there's on a couple on both sides like. on here there's a couple where okay. it's like they clearly go yeah, I mean, obviously, right? And then there's some where yeah. they're like, no, oh, we didn't. I added this symbol. <laughs> yeah, no, that one's not on here. <laughs> okay. Uh, I left some of the most famous ones off. Obviously, Vanilla Ice is, I think, like, what you're yeah, referring like to. Everybody knows about it. Yeah. Got it. yeah. Uh, but there's one on here that pisses me off as bad as that one. It just does. And uh, it's going to be hard not to, uh, yeah. 
All right, so the next one on the list. Um, actually, what I might do is I might tell you the first bit and then play the clip, and then we'll get into who ripped them all. What do you guys think? Should that, will that work better, or do you just want me to continue down the road of reading the whole thing and then playing the clip? No, I'm mm. good. Go on, continue down the road. All right. Go on, man. All right. Keep on keeping on. So there's a song called Speedy Gonzalez, uh, most famous by Pat Boone. You guys probably don't know the song. Originally, uh, there was a 1961 version by David Hess recorded under the name David what, Dante. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah. David Hess, famously of, uh, oh my God, what's, what's the name of the movie? Yeah. It's a West Craven movie. Oh, I Last House it. on the Left. Oh, really? I did not know yeah, that. He, he, yeah, he, oh. he's in Last House on the Left, but apparently he also wrote some songs for Elvis. Well, he wrote this song and uh, yeah. recorded it under the stage name David Dante, so I didn't know that, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's um, And yes, the song is, in fact, about Speedy Gonzalez, the fastest mouse in Mexico. That is what this song, Speedy <laughs> Gonzalez, is about. So that was in 1961, and then in 1962, Pat Boone did a version uh, the Pat Boone version landed at number six on the Billboard Hot 100. So, great, fine, whatever. But here's the thing. Uh, Warner Brothers sued Pat Boone and Dot Records for $850,000 because Pat Boone, uh, well, not Pat Boone directly, but when they produced the song, they used a clip of Mel, Mel Blanc's voice in their version. They did it without permission. Mm. They ended up dropping the case, right? Cool. Mm. And you would yeah. think... You would think that Pat Boone and, and, and <laughs> Dot Records would, would be like, all right, under the circumstances, we're going to be chill. But then, no, they weren't. I mean, they, they <laughs> anyway, dodged a double down. <laughs> they dodged a lawsuit themselves and uh, then decided 10 years later they were going to go after somebody else. So 10 years later, a song by Elton John and Bernie Taupin comes out. There's a little song called Crocodile Rock. It's off the album, Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player. This is Elton John's first U.S. number one single, reaching the top spot in February of 1973, and it stays there for three weeks, right? This song that Taupin thought was just sort of a silly little throwaway song. He was not at all like, yeah, it's fine. It's a, it's a goofy song. Yeah, this song was certified platinum, right? This song did way more than he ever thought it was going to do. So Elton John has said the song was inspired by the band Daddy Cool, and uh, their hit song, Eagle Rock. But in 1974, attorney Donald Barnett, on behalf of Speedy Gonzalez composer Buddy Kay, sued Elton John and uh, Bernie Taupin. And uh, yeah, in the end, they reached a settlement and the case was dismissed. But I am curious now to see what you guys think. So here you go. All right. <laughs> Knowing, knowing Crocodile Rock as well as I do. Yeah, definitely some similarities. Yeah. So I'll give you that. I'll give you the similarities, but the question is... And I should have pulled the Daddy Cool song, Eagle Rock. But the question is, there's a lot of songs. Okay, so Crocodile Rock was obviously a take on, like, 50s doo-wop stuff, right? Yeah, that, totally. Yeah. That was the point. So a lot of those 50s songs did that kind of... Rock on the sound the exact same. Yeah. yeah. He remembers when Rock was young. Yeah. Right well, he, well Therefore he's he and Susie were... They, they were having so they much fun. They had so much fun. You yeah. know, so it's hard not to remember. Holding hands and skipping stones. 
Well, he had an old gold Chevy and mm. a place of his own. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can do this to the whole song if you want. <laughs> I don't know all the lyrics. I do. <laughs> the biggest kick he ever got was doing a thing called the Crocodile, called the Crocodile Rock, Rock until somebody sued him for it. Um, so to me, that this man was Marvin Gaye. <laughs> we need to stop saying his name is what we need to do. <laughs> yeah, like, every time we say it like, like three times, man. <laughs> we should add a little sound effect every time somebody Beetle says juice. his name. You hear ching. Oh, if only I had a hundred thousand dollars, it would be oh, great. All right. Uh, so obviously, you guys both hear the similarities in there. But would oh, you yeah. say it's enough to sue over? No, I mean at least I don't like think. pick up the phone and call and be like, "Hey, man, what are you doing?" Like. Have a conversation about it, but see, on well, one I mean, like this, look, give me a couple hundred bucks, we're good. I mean, that's just or, a little, or yeah, credit, you know, you know uh, yeah. credit, credit would be fine. I think it's fine, usually. like inspired by, but it's like, well, how do you say written by? <laughs> like, what did you yeah. write? What the fuck did you write? And it's it not took the exact seven same. Seven writers, to, like two hours to write that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's not the same. So, like, here's the thing on this one. I fully believe that Elton John has admitted, like, yeah, I wrote the song inspired by this song. And I don't know how similar those are. I didn't, I should have, but I didn't look. I don't know. To me, listen, you guys, you guys are about to hear some stuff on this list that you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that Crocodile Rock thing is not even in the same ball field. <laughs> like, not even. It's as some of the crap. In fact, what we're about to go into is going to like blow your minds it's like we're, we're about to hit on a band that apparently has done this uh bunch um but we're we're, we're gonna talk about two of their songs uh right in a row <laughs> um oh, okay. stones? no it's not the stones the stones <laughs> okay. uh, yeah no i left them alone too <laughs> um so we're gonna start with we're gonna talk about a really famous song and a really famous hair band from 1987 uh, 1987, huge song, guys. Everybody was singing it. Do either of you care to guess, British band, what this song might have been? 87? 87. Everybody was singing this British song. Band. Yeah. British hair band. Very famous. Is it uh, Winds of Change? It is not. It is no, that's not British. Well, I'll give you the band. It's Def Leppard. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, pour some sugar pour on me? Pour some sugar on me. 1987, we all know the song. It's great. Uh, it's from the amazing album Hysteria, uh, one of the first cassette tapes Jason ever owned. Actually, this and uh, Poisons Open Up and Say, oh, I got them for Christmas that year. Um, the song reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, the song's lyrics were written by, this is really cool. I never knew this. Joe Elliott and Mutt Lang wrote this song. So Elliott tells Lang, um, "You go. we're going to go to opposite sides of the recording studio. And we, mm-hmm. we've each got a dictaphone, and we're going to start playing the backing vote or the backing mix for the song, and we're going to say into the dictaphone whatever stream of consciousness pops into our head. Just say it, right? So they do that. Then they come back across, and they hand each other the dictaphones, and then they start picking stuff out that they like. Or you said that dictaphone? Did you say what's a dictaphone? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're 12. Uh, yeah, right. I know. I was trying to avoid it, but it wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really going to happen. Um, anyway, at some point, Joe Elliott says, he's like, I thought I heard the phrase, love is like a bomb on Lang's tape. And that idea, he said, set the entire 
um, track of the, the lyrics for the song. Like it was like, that's where he went and that's where his brain went. Song's a rock anthem. It's a classic. And someone allegedly stole it. Hmm. Yeah. Little band called One Direction, as a matter of fact. Well, I mean, oh. yeah. <laughs> One Direction. Been a, there, I can think of a couple songs. You, yeah, we, we, we are going to yeah. talk about two. And I bet one of the <laughs> right. songs you're thinking of will be the one of the ones we talk about. All right. Um, so they have a song called Midnight Memories. It came out in two, 2014 off their album by the same name, Midnight Men- Memories. It wasn't a smash hit in the U.S., but it was still a One Direction song, and it did get play. And, of course, Def Leppard heard it. Um, Yes, they did have their attorneys look into it. But in the end, they decided they were just going to let it go. They decided, hey, it's very similar. uh, But we're not going to we're not going to pursue a lawsuit. I I just want to say that One Direction gets lucky as hell a couple of times. Okay, because here's the song. fucking time how are they gonna not they even do the like it's there guys it is there but for as egregious as that is to me it's what they did next that really gets me i'm gonna song or no no different song we're gonna go i want to play both i want to go into both of these so we can talk about your full opinions as to whether these songs were ripped and about one direction's direction here (laughs) um (laughs) God. Song comes out in 1971, considered as one of the literally not by me as one of the best rock songs of all time. Right, keep yeah. that in mind. Uh, this song appears in Times Magazine's all all time 100 songs list, Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest song songs of all time, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Again, literally considered. <laughs> one of the best songs ever, which is ironic because One Direction couldn't be satisfied with just one song. They had to use a similar sound from this song to do their song that they titled Best Song Ever in 2013. <laughs> That's blatant right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> with that being said, Matt, you start calling your song Best Song Ever, people are going to yeah. start paying attention to what there you're you saying. Go. Oh, is it? Is so, it the best song ever? Sounds best, like another best song ever. Best song ever, also <laughs> from Midnight Memories, landed at number two on the chart in the U.S. Uh, so like I said, you you say your song is best song ever, people start paying attention, including Pete Townsend of The Who, who wrote a song in 1971 called Baba O'Reilly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which is, like I said, considered to be one of the best rock songs of all yeah. time. Now, he has responded to the claim that they do sound very, very similar. But Pete Townsend being the dude that Pete Townsend is, um, he said, we're not going to pursue legal action. He actually said, I'm a fan of the One Direction song, and I'm happy that they're influenced by The Who. 
So very classy of Pete Townsend. Um, I think it's really cool. I mean, he could have, these are young kids, and you know he could have been like, oh, best song ever, really, guys? Um, like, oh, it sounds like our best song ever, but okay. So I love Baba O'Reilly. Like, I fucking love this song so much. Most yeah. people might. And I, I think I've told you, like, I have a personal connection with it as well. So, so I want to talk about that in a second, too, because my wife does as well. I think a lot of people do. It's weird that this song kind of has that on people. So I want to yeah. talk about yours here in a second. But before we do, let's let you guys hear the clips. All right. I see what you did. I didn't see what you did. Like, they didn't even try to hide that shit. Right. <laughs> this, this is beyond same chord progression. This is yes. same chord progression, same melody, everything. I think there comes a point, though, where you could literally, and, and they they very well might have, get away with saying, oh, yeah, it was totally inspired. Like, we loved it, and we wanted to, like, pay tribute. I think that's fair. Now, whether they ever did that or not, I don't know. From what I gather, these are but two of the songs that they have been accused of cribbing off other people. Um so first of all, let's get your guys' thoughts on the Def Leppard and uh, Who ripoff. Uh, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you did you did you hear it enough that you would like? Yeah, I heard it enough. One of them, I would a hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent be seeking legal action against. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, they got lucky because neither of these bands decided to go after them for yeah. legal action. Yeah, they were being nice. I agree. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Very I, nice. I should have Very probably nice. prefaced this at the beginning of the show. They're even more lucky than that because it's not actually a lot of times it's not the artist who goes after them. It really depends it's on the management and the and the producers. Yes, a lot of times. Mm. So we had talked in the past about uh, Bittersweet Symphony. Here's what's funny about that whole thing. So Bittersweet Symphony, the Stones, like, sue them. Actually, it wasn't the Stones. And it gets even more in-depth than even I knew. It was their former producer. Um, and right. So the, so the Stones really had no control over it. And not only that, but they asked permission. They just didn't ask everyone's permission in other words they got permission to, p- to play the clip yeah they just missed one but it's weirder because the stones had already used that clip and it didn't even belong to them like it was an orchestra clip thing that they used anyway yeah. so and we all know that after that producer died the stones gave 100 percent rights back which i thought was freaking awesome which yeah. is great that was pretty cool but what you're going to find is a lot of the musicians themselves they don't necessarily agree with it they're like, it's just, it is what it is. We all kind of hear it. But yeah. there will come points, I think, on the list where it's like, we just want some credit, and these people don't want to give credit. That's a different argument altogether. Mm-hmm. So I can see where Townsend is like, look, man, clearly they took our song, but it's an honor. You know, no one is going to yeah. go, best song ever is better than Baba O'Reilly. No one's going to say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe some well, preteen-year-old I- girl, yeah. but, you know. Well, when I think like, about uh, George this Clinton. This band, The Who, ripped them off. Uh, like, shut up. Yeah. Well, when I think about, like, George Clinton and, like, 
the rise of hip hop, George Clinton should be a billionaire right yeah, now. Right? Like half the songs yeah. that you know our artists you know took from George, he never got you know any kind of payment for that. And George is cool with it. Yeah, he just smoked some weed when it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Just, trust just me. Just pay me back in weed. I'm yeah. Really, you know. uh, actually, funny that you. I can't remember the song now, but uh, a Parliament song almost did make it on this list this week. I thought I thought very highly about that. And there were a few on here. You know, there's actually quite a few on here, and so I had to cut it down. Um, and I kind of went with some of the ones that I was like, "Oh, what the fuck," <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. honestly, once you think about it, if it wasn't for like. Uh, 70s funk, mainly you know due to Parliament and George Clinton, you wouldn't have hip hop as it is today. No, no way. Well, yeah. I mean, your good artists will admit things too, like Elvis and um, the Beatles. Uh, they they all admitted that their early influences came from like you know early black music. That's where rock and roll came from, and they were all right. aspiring. I think somebody that deserves to be on the freaking Mount Rushmore of rock music is Chuck Berry because Chuck Berry, yeah. all of these guys were majorly influenced by him. Like well, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, um, let's see. Well, the Beatles. Uh, there was this you know, There was this one uh, black lady who um, sung uh, You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog. Yeah. I forgot her name, but she, sound, she sung it better than Elvis, <laughs> in my opinion. Well, the cool uh, thing about... Uh, the, yeah, look that up. The cool All thing right. about the Beatles and Elvis is they were not amongst those who did not fully admit this, right? The Beatles were extremely influenced by Chuck Berry, like majorly influenced by Chuck Berry. They totally. talked about it a lot. That and would Elvis, be Willie Mae Thornton. Thank you. You are welcome. Let's give credit where credit is due. Elvis has talked about it a lot, too, you know, um, that that's where all of his, like, his inspiration came from those areas, which mm-hmm. I think is great, you know. That they at least give credit to the Stones. We all know <laughs> we're, we're we're taking a lot of uh, African American music back in yeah. the day. Um, Just a bit, you know. So is what it is. Matt, I want to hear your um, your personal. I mean, as long as you're allowed to tell it, your personal uh, connection to Baba O'Reilly. Oh, not only can I talk about it, we've talked about it on the show before, actually. So it's fine. Um, no, like uh, back in the day when I was in uh, one of my bands with the guys I've talked about on the show a few times, uh, we would open our shows by oh yeah playing yeah I Pablo right yeah. and it uh, it you know went right into one of our songs you know not sa- not the same like chord progressions or anything it just kind of went into our really famous song best or, song ever yeah <laughs> it turns out Matt <laughs> imagine what was we with one on, direction on there, it was like we're gonna play our best song ever it turns ever. out Matt was er, was with the. Uh, one direction, but he and Harry just couldn't mm-hmm. get along. <laughs> yeah. You know how every group has like the bad boy and the good looking one. I was the fat one in the background <laughs> who they kicked out early on. <laughs> He's like, you guys are going one direction. You're going down. Like, We're going to change our name from five good guys. And that fat dude back there. <laughs> That's a weird band there name. It's a really bad, that is a weird it's not a good name. band name, but I kind of want to see yeah. that band. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're fantastic. <laughs> they do all covers. Oh God, <laughs> that all God. sound like fucking Rolling Stones. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, so if you rip off a rip off, can they come after you? Well, the answer, mm. by the way, is going to be yes, guys. Is yes, yeah. I want you to be aware. The answer, I'm going to answer that on this show. <laughs> the answer is <laughs> yes. 
which is really freaking weird, man. It's already weird to me that you get a band that comes that gets sued and gets the dr- lawsuit dropped, and they're you know you think they'd go, you know what? It's it sucks that you stole, or we think you stole our music, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Vanilla Ice is suing you for Ice Ice Baby. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Rick James is there going. Oh, I'm thinking MC Hammer. Sorry. <laughs> you know, Rick James oh. has nothing to do with it, but okay. <laughs> I mean, he might have been mad. <laughs> like, he was like, man, I'm really upset for you, Queen. Yeah. yeah that's what I meant to say. Uh, you can't touch this is not on the list, but uh, I'm pretty sure he gave credit for you can't touch this. And there's a big yeah. difference to me between sampling Yes. And like flat out using the song. Like, yes. If you, you sample like, and if, don't give credit, you sample it, you're an ass. Yeah, yeah. If you sample it, it's very clearly like this is the song. Yes. We are using it to create mm-hmm. more art in another song. Right. Right. However, when you completely just play the song on entirely new instruments, you are just playing it again a second time and re-recording it. And not giving credit, you're a dick. Sometimes. Like sometimes you're a dick. Yeah. So and it's gonna happen on this list. We're gonna get into one where the artist straight up says, you know, I'm sure I did. Like I just didn't know I did. And I believe that. Actually, we're gonna hit on that twice here in a few minutes where people were like, Yeah, I mean, clearly I did that, but all right. So we're gonna get into another song right now. This one comes from 1976. Uh, This is off the album Agents of Fortune. This song hit number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100, and in late 19, uh, that happened in late 1976. Critical reception was positive, and in December of 2003, this song "Don't Fear the Reaper" by Blue Oyster Cult was listed as 405 on Rolling Stone's list of 500 songs of all time. Now we've all heard this song. Everywhere, who does not know this song? It's been in movies, it's been on TV shows. We all know Don't Fear the Reaper at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's re- walk and helped record it, <laughs> but only with more cowbell. Um, <laughs> so it's really not yeah, out of the right. fathom of reality to, to think that it might not have inspired someone else, right? Right? Yeah. So a band comes out in 1995. Uh, you guys may or may not know who this band is, um, but they released a song in 95 called... St- I'm sorry, the band came out in 1990. They released a song in 1995 called Straying Out for the Summer. Um, the band is called Dodgy. This comes off their album Homegrown. Uh, this song became pretty popular, mostly overseas in the UK, because they're, they're a Britpop band. But... The question is, is, did they steal a part of this song from the Blue Oyster Cult? So you guys, you're going to be the deciding factor. So here you go. All right. I think in this case they're good. I think so too. Yeah, it seems it seems similar, but yeah, different like enough that it's like first, okay, like three seconds, and right? Yeah. Goes into something different. So, how many times have you guys been on? Especially Matt, I'm sure you've dealt with this a lot, um, doing video and editing and stuff along those oh, lines. 
But how many right. times have you been online, like, I need some music for this or whatever? You hear what is clearly, like, I mean, that's 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 not the same music, but obviously they're trying to make it sound like it is that music, you know? Yeah. Like, that is not the Back to the Future theme, but it's pretty much the Back to the Future theme. It happens all the time. So to be inspired by is one thing. I, I would give, I would say Dodgy gets to dodge this bullet, personally. Yeah. Nice. I see what you did there. I don't think that we hear about what three chords, maybe four. It's not even like in the progression. It's like down, down, down. That's it. <laughs> like I would argue that like that could happen in a lot of different. I don't know. I don't see it on this one. I mean, I see it. I'm. I might have heard it and go. Huh, it reminds me a little of uh, "Don't Fear the Reaper," but just a little. So there's a real famous one that a friend of mine used to talk about, which is. Um, uh, Tracy Chapman, Fast Car, mm-hmm. and there's a little riff in it that's uh, dun, it's a uh, oh god, it is it is uh, Jack and Diane. It's a uh, it's the same little riff, but it's like such a small little part that it's not the rest of the song has nothing in similar. And my friend used to point that out all the time. Like that sounds exactly like that part in Jack and Diane. Happens all the time. You'll hear a song go, man, what's this remind me of? Oh, kind of sounds like name the song. So I don't really feel this one falls into that. Yeah. Uh, this next one, though, you guys aren't probably aren't going to know. You'll know both the bands, but you probably won't know either song, and that's okay. What I'm going to tell you, though, is when I was putting it together and I was putting the two songs on the as I was making the clip, I got confused. I was like, "Wait, <laughs> did I did I change the song, or is that the same song?" Uh, Steely Dan releases a song in 1974 called Berrytown. It's off their album Pretzel Logic. The song itself tells a story from a narrative perspective, and the song has already uh, was already thought to have some similarities to Tell or Tell Me. Uh, I'm, mm. I'm going to try that again. Has already been thought to have had some similarities to Tell Me What You See off the album Help. But then XTC comes along, and uh, they have a song in 2002 off their album Wasp Star. Now, look, like I said, I don't have a lot to back up what I'm going to say here, but I, it, they just sound like, I'm sorry, and their song was called Standing In for Joe. These songs may just have that kind of generic sound to them. I don't know, but I got confused when I was putting them together. <laughs> here you go. I'm not one to look behind. I know that times must change. I mean, it may have just been I didn't know the songs enough, or to me, they just sounded so similar <laughs> that I was yeah. like, I don't know which is which. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know either of those songs. Yeah, I, I didn't either, which I is weird because you know both the bands, right? Yeah. It sounds a little <laughs> different than anything from XTC I've ever heard before. I can... Very weird. So, all right, we're going to get into the heavy stuff here, guys. These are the ones I really want opinions. And this next one, you guys probably have heard about, and that's okay. But I want to use it to set the stage for things moving forward. Okay. All right. So, 1989, 
lead single from a wonderful album comes out. The album was called Full Moon Fever. The song is called Won't Back Down. Uh, the song was written, co-written by Jeff Lynn, and the song reached number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100 and topped the album Rock Tracks chart for five weeks. Shut up, Matt. I heard you laugh at me. <laughs> it's just it's such a common thing that, that has to be brought up on this show. The that album it's really Rock funny at this point to me. Tracks chart. Well, I have to say it's slow. It's really hard to say fast. Yep. Um, it landed on that chart for five weeks. Um which Was started it Aurora Borealis. I can say that now. I've been practicing, and you know it. So stop that too. <laughs> he just stares at himself in the mirror. Yes, I day. do. Shut it. <laughs> Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. Was it in the rural setting? I figured out how to do that. Went to the rural king and looked at the Aurora Borealis. You know, I figured out how to say that without anybody paying attention. Right? I just say rural king. Oh yeah. You fake yeah. it? I just say rule. <laughs> rule king, rural. and nobody pays attention. Rural. I'm going to go to rule king. <laughs> nobody catches We're it. never so going to be able to unhear it. Um, anyway, this song <laughs> went to multi-platinum status, in case you guys did. I'm sorry, this album went to multi-platinum status. It was major, right? I love this album. It's a great album. Uh, so another po- super popular song comes out, so why not? why not just take that song? Right, slow it down and make it a love song. Right? Why not do that? Seems like a good idea. Well, it seemed like a good idea to Sam Smith, who writes "Stay with Me." Uh, I'm just kidding. He didn't intentionally. I was like, do "Wait this. a minute, hang on." <laughs> so, no, no, I'm not kidding about the song. I'm kidding about okay. him doing it intentionally. So, okay. was, "Stay with like, Me" wait a minute, wait a minute. comes from yeah. Sam Smith's debut album in the Lonely Hour from 2014. Uh, this one hit number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Also reached top 10 status in over 12 different countries. At the 57th Annual Grammy Awards, uh, the Dark Child's version won two Grammy Awards for Record of the Year and Song of the Year. Now, I have heard it rumored that Petty was never inclined to go after anyone. But in this case, what I've heard is that since he had a writing partner, which was Jeff Lynn, and that influenced the company, their record exec decision quite a bit, maybe that's why, I don't know. But regardless of whatever, in 2015, it was revealed that an agreement had been reached uh, giving Tom Petty and Jeff Lynn co-writer and credit, and they were going to receive 12.5% of its royalties, which I think is nothing. Um. Now, Tom Petty himself would later say he didn't believe that Sam Smith plagiarized him. He said, all, all of my years of songwriting have shown me these things can happen. Most times you catch it before it gets out of the studio door, but in this case it got by. Uh, Sam's people were very understanding of our predicament, and we easily came to an agreement. Smith claimed he'd never heard I Won't Back Down before writing Stay With Me, uh, but he has said that he has since heard it, and he admits there are a lot of similarities. Um, and he said, but I promise it was a complete coincidence. Now, when I first heard that, I'm like, bullshit. And then I'm like, yeah. well, he's young, and he's yeah. British. So I guess Correct. maybe he had never heard uh, I Won't Back Down. So I'm going to play you the clip. Now, this is probably, you guys, I'm, have you guys heard about this case? Had you heard this I before? Okay. Just keep in mind when you hear Sam Smith's version, just slow it down. Just slow down, won't back down in your head and see if it sounds the same to you. Uh. Oh, won't you stay with me? Go back down. 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 Go back down.
I hear it. This ain't dragging me down. I mean, stay with me. guys what do you think um i i definitely see similarities but i i would probably argue on the side that it wasn't intentional oh i don't agree i don't think it was tom petty doesn't think it was and really honestly 12 percent royalties is nothing like it is nothing so i think in the end petty and and lynn were just like hey you know it's our execs going after you if you guys yeah. are cool with this, we're cool with it. I'm guessing like they took the minimum of what was offered and said that's fine. Like we really don't care yeah. that much. Um which is good because Tom Petty's not without being accused himself. Oh. <laughs> oh. But it's really cool because knowing his attitude about things, you will understand that He's like, yeah, I won't sue you if you don't really, sue me. Really chill about a lot yeah, of things. he really yeah. was. Again, did, last dance with Mary Jane syndrome there. It's funny that you would say that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so okay. Mary Jane's last dance, uh, written by Tom Petty, released on his greatest hits album in 1993. Sure. Uh, okay. Number 14 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It became Petty's first Billboard Top 20 hit in the 1990s. I'm also going to assume that this is a great example of one of those circumstances that Petty was talking about earlier because then we have uh, a band called the Jayhawks, and they did a song called Waiting for the Sun in 1992. Now, this is important. Mary Jane's Last Dance, 1993, uh, Waiting for the Sun, 1992. Now, this comes off their album, Hollywood Town Hall, which hit number 11 on the Billboard Heat Seeker chart. But here's what's really important. This is what really sets this story off. Guess who toured with Tom Petty and opened for him in 1992? The Jayhawks. Jayhawks. So they're on stage every night, and they're opening, and they're playing this song. So I think it just got into his head a little bit, right? Right. He hears it. He doesn't quite. It just sort of sticks in there. He probably doesn't remember it. But this one goes into a third level, my friends. And we got to talk about that before I play the clip. So then in 2006, a song comes out by an uber popular band, right? Uh, this is a major hit for this, for this particular band. And then a radio station uh, notices something and they start talking about it. And they're like, hey... How is this not plagiarized? How is this not taken from Mary Jane's Last Dance? They this this radio station even calls out to Tom Petty and says, "Hey, maybe you should sue them." But it just so happens that Tom Petty's uh, producer is also this band's producer. His name is Rick Rubin. Okay, and uh. <laughs> Rick Rubin, as it so happened, not only produced Mary Jane's Last Dance, but he produced this song as well. So Petty Awkward. responded by saying uh, that he's not going to sue the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And uh, he said, like, there's, like, no negative intent here. The songs just sound a lot alike. That happens in rock and roll. And that song is Danny California. So here are all three songs.
Between Until Danny now, California right. and Tom Petty, but now hearing a third song involved, it's pretty obvious, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And Tom Petty's hearing that song every night, you know, whether they're out yeah. on tour. And obviously, yeah. that they're different, right? They are different, but you hear the influence; it's there. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I it's think. again, it's classy that Tom Petty at some point somebody points this out to him, and he's like, "Shit," you know. And then, then somebody's yeah. like, "Whoa, what about the Chili Peppers?" He's like, "Holy shit, guys! I, f- I fucking did it." <laughs> You know, also, this, yeah. now you got Rick Rubin, who's producing this song for Tom Petty, again, probably in his head a little bit, you know? Yeah. So when he's producing the song for the Chili Peppers, rolls over. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, like Matt said, I never heard it before until I did, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> and do you think, like, like, who's sitting around? Like, this one was called out by a radio station. Like, who finds it their business to be like, well, I'm going to call Tom Pett out and tell him that he yeah. needs to sue yeah. the Chili Peppers. Fucking narcs. Yeah. <laughs> and what are the chances that the Chili Peppers aren't, like, huge Tom Petty fans? Oh, yeah. I could totally see that. Like, they eat, right? They got to be. So, yeah. you know, nothing. I don't think anything's intentional when, when, when it no. happens. I mean, great minds think alike, and that's what's happening here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. Um when you listen, so George Harrison, right, has he's the first solo from the Beatles to to have a hit, right? Which was um, yeah. uh, my oh, sweet lord. You. Oh no, my sweet lord was the first hit from one of the solo Beatles, right? And he releases this entire song, you know, my sweet lord, oh my, I really want to see you. You know the song, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't, but okay. Well, he gets oh, sued. You, you've had a <laughs> yeah. hurt. He gets, Probably just didn't know who it was. He ends up getting I, sued. I know you've talked about it in the past. Yeah, but, we have. Yeah. Because totally it's, he's so shy, he's so shy. Mm-hmm. You're right. He gets sued. He gives he gives credit. He's like, oh, my God. You know, it's one of those things. The song's probably just been in my head for years. And I sit down at a guitar and start, like, picking at it and think that I'm coming yeah. up with this fucking song. But he wasn't. And I think as a musician, that shit's got to be hard. Where do you get like who we talked about somebody not that long ago who actually said they were they wrote this song and the whole time they're going I swear to God I think somebody already wrote this but then they released it and that was that and it's you got to get to a point it's like is that mine or yeah. did I hear something I'm around a lot of musicians you pick stuff up you got to kind of wonder with that being said, we're about to go into a couple of bands that either one just want to fucking deny that they did it, or two flat out knew they did it and were kind of worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one comes from a band that I promised that the band who's been accused of um, ripping this off uh, were fans of this band, I, I guarantee, because the band is the Kinks, right? And the Kinks released a song in 1968 called Picture Book. 
And uh, for those of you who aren't Kinks fans, uh, think early punk, like the earliest of punk. Yeah. The Kinks are the ones that are like, you know, girl, I want to be with you all of the time. Right. You guys know who they are. Oh, yeah. 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 I think it's before like Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Oh, yeah. 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 So this is like early, I would say early punk for me. So this song comes out in 1968. It's the bead side from their single Starstruck. And was considered kind of an obscure kink song at the time. Uh, but it ended up growing more and more popular over the years. And then in 2004, uh, an HP commercial comes out. And they actually use this song. So it starts getting a lot more attention. But it was actually a few years before that that we're going to be looking at right now. When a popular 90s punk band goes by the name of Green Day. Um <laughs> The song and the album in question are both warning, uh, <laughs> oddly enough. <laughs> oh, I, I think I already know where you're going with this one. And this comes out yeah. in 2000. Uh, warning is a moderate hit, lands at number three on the modern rock hit chart, uh, as well as charting in the UK. Uh, it didn't take long for people to recognize a striking similarity to the Kinks. Um, so uh, you've heard about this, Matt? or I, I believe I've, I've caught it myself, actually. Like, I mean, that sounds oddly similar. Yeah, but oddly I'll similar. Let you keep, is, I'll let you keep going because I may be, I may be thinking of something else. Oddly similar is putting it mildly. Here are the tracks. Yep. It is pretty crazy. Dude, yeah, the dude eating like a raw chicken breast. All right. <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. I, that's exact, right? Yeah. It's that's, just, that's the same song. It literally exactly. just sounds like they went in and remastered it. <laughs> that's yeah. what it sounds yeah. like to me. Billy, dude. Come on. And you cannot, you will not convince me that Green Day were not huge Kings fans. There's just, Oh, yeah. You, they had to be. Right. Absolutely. So to me, that we're starting to get into the realm of blatant here. We only have a couple more songs, and we are getting into the realm of blatant here. Like, right? Like, I don't know if there was ever a lawsuit with that one. I don't know that anybody ever went after anybody. But if not... I should hope to God at this point they've gone, yeah, we're going to give them some credit. That was clearly lifted from the kinks. Yeah. Straight up the same song. All right. So I kind of want to play the next clip for you guys without talking about it, but I... The fact fact that I was able to sing along to it... Well, the so second I, like, yeah, yeah, I hit the Kinks one and you go, oh, yeah, you knew which Green Day yeah. song. Like, I didn't even have I was to go. Like, I was like, warning, live without warning. Yeah, right. it's the same song. <laughs> yeah, it's totally. Uh, so the next one on the list, though, is the one that when I started playing it, my wife was like, oh, that's, and I said, no. And then she's like, wait, what? And then she, granted, she only heard of a second or two, but it was enough for her to think she knew the song. All right, 1985. Let's go back to 1985 with me, guys. And there's a band, a great band, by the way, called The Killing Joke. 
Um, <laughs> oh, yep. I already know this one. <laughs> uh-huh. So they have a lead single off their fifth fifth album called 80s. The song is called mm-hmm. 80s. The album is called Nighttime. The song is produced by Chris Kimsey. Um, it's uh, premiered uh, during a three-track live performance for this TV show called The Tube in December of 1983. This is a British TV show. That's where they premiere this song. Some of you uh, may remember the song from the movie Weird Science. It's actually played during the party scene. This song has been used in multiple films. It's been used on multiple TV shows. Very, very popular song, which might be why a particular 90s grunge band was, we're going to say, inspired by it. Inspired by it. We're going to say that. Uh, so you got, you got a group of record execs, right? And they're trying to pick a single to release from this band's, uh, debut album. And they have two songs they're going back and forth between, right? They're going back and forth. They're like, do we use In Bloom or do we use Come As You Are? This is, of course, this is, of course, off Nirvana's album. And the execs really want to use Come As You Are. Problem is, Kurt Cobain's kind of nervous about using Come As You Are because... I don't know why. He's always thought this song is really close to the killing joke. Um, So he's nervous, but they decide to do it. They decide it's the better option. This is the song that's going to work. Turns out Kurt Cobain was right to be nervous. So after Nirvana releases the single, uh, the guys from Killing Joke start getting a little ticked off. They're like, hey... That just ripped off our uh, our main riff, right? You ripped us off. Here's where the story starts getting a little trickier. So according to Rolling Stone magazine, Killing Joke never filed a copyright. They were just kind of pissed off, right? Um, they claim they never filed for a lawsuit because of personal and financial reasons. I don't know. But according to Kerrang! magazine, they said that they did, in fact, file a lawsuit. Doesn't really matter either way. Kurt Cobain passed away in 1994, and that was the end of it. Nothing ever came of it. But then in 2003, Dave Grohl, now with the Foo Fighters, decides he's going to take some time off the Foo Fighters, right? And he's going to go join up with a band and play drums for their new album. Yeah. That band is The Killing Joke. Killing Joke. Yeah. (laughs) And Foo Fighters had actually previously recorded a cover of The Killing Joke song, Requiem. So whatever happened, I don't know, but it seems like everybody kissed and made up, which is great. Maybe. Because, Kev, (laughs) (laughs) when I hit play on this, this is what my wife heard. And, well, here you go. She heard that opening bit and said, are you guys talking about Nirvana? And I said, well, yeah, kind of, but that wasn't Nirvana. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, wait, what? And I told her what we were talking about. And she's like, and I played it. And she's like, she just gave me that look like, "Mm." (laughs) and I'm like, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Matt, of course, obviously knew all about this one. Yeah, I I even knew that Dave Grohl joined 
Killing Joke for a while. Yeah, and he played uh, yeah, drums for their album, thing. Yeah, their like, second album. I remember the album came out and everything. It was just like, oh, it's interesting. Dave Grohl's in this other band. I'm like, and then I found out later on about you know '80s and uh, Come As You Are being pretty much the same song. So yeah, that was. So the question that was comes interesting. Like, is this Dave Grohl's way of like extending an olive branch, going, "Look, yeah, Kurt knew it." This obviously yeah. was not a big shocker to Kurt. And uh, from everything I have gotten over the years, like literally from everything I've gotten over the years, Kurt Cobain was a good dude. Yeah. Like really good dude. Had a horrible addiction with, you know, heroin. And apparently Dave Grohl, really good dude. And apparently all the guys in in the band in Nirvana were like really super close. And like... So I have noticed all around sad when Kurt died. It really was. And I have noticed that Dave over the years has been very much like he reaches out to people. He tries to do what he thinks is the right thing. So may have been one of those cases where he's like, look, uh, let's bury some hatchets here and let me come play for you guys. And we're going to cut. I'll work off what I owe you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll wash dishes to pay for the, I'm going to give you some free Dave Grohl drumming for your album, which is probably Mm -hmm. pretty cool. You know, who can say that? So I think that's cool. I think again, we've seen some classy moves tonight. Uh, the last song on the list is not, you're not going to see anything classy. Well, Uh you, you might from the first two bands, it's the third where things get, uh, hmm. We have some we have some things to say, uh, but I think that's cool. Like I said, you know, Pete Townsend was very classy about it. Tom Petty's been very classy about it. Mm-hmm. So the Stones you know. were classy about you know their thing. <laughs> what thing was that? <laughs> oh yeah, you know, yeah, about with uh, the with, song, yeah, with Bittersweet the Symphony, yeah, yeah. It's like, what is it? The Stones have been classy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you know not, their thing. Not only uh, do I laugh at that, but I bet Jagger would laugh at that. Like, we're never classy, motherfucker. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) (laughs) how dare you accuse us of being classy (laughs) (laughs) all right so we got one more song and uh as fate would have it we talked about one of these very recently on our grunge episode um but not the first song the first song on this list is a wonderful song right this song was written by albert hammond and mike hazelwood and originally it was recorded by uh mike uh, i'm sorry albert hammond and released on his debut album, It Never Rains in Southern California. And that came out in 1972. But it was 1974 when the song got really popular because it was then recorded by the band The Hollies. Right? I love this song. This was one of my mom's favorite songs of all time. Uh, it's a great song, and it is The Air That I Breathe by The Hollies. The song reached number six on the Billboard Hot 100 and number three on the Adult Contemporary Chart. It's a gorgeous song. It's an amazing song. So it's no wonder that I would also love the nineteen ninety song, nineteen ninety two song "Creep" by Radiohead because they're very similar, although no one noticed that at first. So "Creep" is the debut single off the album "Pablo Honey." Uh, like I said, we just talked about it on the Grunge episode, as it were. So you can go back and check that out. It's literally just a couple episodes back. You can listen to that. Um, the song wasn't an instant hit, but they re-released it in 93, and it began getting attention. And, of course, the producers of The Air That I Breathe were paying attention to it as well. Uh, they went after Radiohead for copyright infringement, and a settlement was reached giving Hammond and Hazelwood co-writing credits and a portion of the royalties. Um, 
but we're going to do things different here, guys. And there's a reason we're going to do things different. I'm going to play the clip, and we'll talk about it. But then we're going to talk about some more stuff. Yeah. So we're going to start here. Can I uh, throw yeah. a quick oh, wrench in, in your uh, system? You know who Albert Hammond's son is? I don't. Is it John Hammond from Jurassic Park? No, that'd be pretty sweet. To, uh, <laughs> it's like, that'd be cool, but he's a fictional no, character. Uh, <laughs> and, and this is going to be That's pretty obvious when I say it. It's uh, Albert Hammond Jr., who is the guitar player from The Strokes. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Hmm. For the record, this is just stuff I know. <laughs> that's, that's, you know. <laughs> I don't know why. The but, yeah. Straight, straight off the dome. The dome. Yeah. Name, of, uh, name of your autobiography, Straight Off the Dome. Yeah. The Matt Brown story. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to play the clip first. This is, well, here. Holly's Radiohead. <laughs> I'll talk about it in a second. Sorry about the cruddy version I did of Creep. I don't know. Similar? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Similar, yeah. similar. You think they're similar? Yeah. Well, how about I, how about I help things out here for a second? How about how about I play them without the anybody singing? How about I do that? How about I just play the music for you guys? Okay. <laughs> that is so similar, <laughs> right? Special is so fucking special. To take one wish, I think I pass. I love when Jason can't think of anything I need. Right? <laughs> it's a little different when you take. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I I appreciate that. Yeah, about it's great. It's um. So when you slow it down, like you take the words out, clearly the same progression, like not even, we're not even getting around. It's now I don't think it was intentional. I really don't, but it's there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We all hear it. We all know it. Hard to Mm -hmm. argue, right? Let me guess. No, they (laughs) didn't. As as far as I know, they didn't argue. They didn't. No, we totally didn't. It's like. No, no, no. Radiohead was cool. They gave the credit. They paid the royalties. All good. Oh. But now we're going to fast forward to 2017. Oh, no. (laughs) We're going to fast forward to 2017 and another song. And this song is called Get Free. And this song is by Lana Del Rey. This is off her fifth studio album, Lust for Life, in 2017. the song, I hear her pussy tastes like cherry cola, by the way. That's a Lana Del Rey lyric, <laughs> if you were an order. <laughs> Thank you. That was very Damn, random. Man. But I, I'm, glad that you, I'm glad you let us know it was a lyric, because at first I was like, really? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, just, you know, rumor has it. Yeah. You know. So the song, yeah. this song, uh, Get Free, is written by Lana Del, Del Rey <laughs> and Rick Knowles. 
Uh, I'm not a fan. I just happen to know that about her. <laughs> uh, it's also written by somebody named Kioran Menzies. So there you go. All right. <laughs> Again, I'm 12. So um, all of them helped produce the song along with Dean Reed. Uh, oddly enough, they did not give credit to anyone else. And uh, that just seems insane to me. Okay. It seems really insane to me. It's, it's baffling to me that they didn't give any credit to anyone else. But let me go ahead and play you a clip again of Radiohead, and then maybe a little clip of this song, Get Free, by Lana Del Rey. No. When you were here before, couldn't look you in the eye, you're just like an angel. It's a little bit longer clip, but there's a reason. Your skin makes me cry, you float like a in a beautiful world. I wish I was special. You're so fucking special. Finally, I'm crossing the threshold. Careful, you don't want to put on Fucking credits. <laughs> Similarities. No credit, huh? That's the fucking song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one. No credit. In January 2018, Del Rey did announce that Radiohead were taking legal action against her. Now, according yeah. to Lana Del Rey, Radiohead asked for 100% of publishing royalties instead of the 40% she offered them. She denied that Creep had inspired Get Free at all. Yeah, right. Um, uh-huh. here's, here's the thing. Radiohead publisher Warner Chapel Music said uh, they were asking Bullshit? for songwriting uh, credit <laughs> for all the writers, all the writers, not just the, not just Radiohead, and they denied that a lawsuit had ever been brought or that Radiohead had demanded 100% of the royalties. They denied any of that ever happened. All they said is we were just trying to get writing credit for Radiohead, for the Hollies, for everybody. Here's what I do know. <laughs> Oh, okay. So in March, Del Rey told an audience that this is oh, this pissed me off. My lawsuit's over. I guess I can sing that song anytime I want. Here's I think that's how it works. But all right, here's what I know about her. I've heard interviews with Del Rey before. You also um, learned one new thing today, though. I don't think I believe her side personally. I just don't believe her. I've heard her in interviews. Um, She's got a lot of crappy attitude. I'm not trying to be that guy, but when you project that in multiple interviews I've seen you in, that I start having a problem. Yeah. Furthermore, the writing credits for Get Free were not updated on the database of American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers. So I don't know where it stands, but I also just don't get it. If Radiohead 
was not given credit, how does anyone win a lawsuit? Like, to me, this is cut and dry. Like, I would have believed this was was her version of a remake. <laughs> like, like I, if you would have told me that, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, to me, me, it just... I just it, I mean, I just hear the similarities. I, I really, I don't know. I maybe have to like listen to it again. But Matt, what, is, what are your thoughts? I think she. Uh, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not a fan. I just, uh, I've, I think her. This is just me getting, you know, my personal opinion. I think her music just kind of drones on and on, and everybody just kind of like goes, "Oh, oh my God, she's totally the greatest artist of all time." Mm. And then you hear this, yeah, and you just go. You literally just changed the lyrics to a song and had other people play it. It's all you did. What's like, there is no creativity to it. What's important is that I played that long clip for a reason, though, Kev. So obviously yeah. it's slowed down and all the backing music is taken out. But yeah. the melody for that entire clip is the exact like it wasn't. I played a long clip because it it doesn't change for that entire clip. Like it is exactly the same melody. It's just slowed down tempo. And I'm like, this isn't even like she's not even, you know, you know, not even trying to make it sound like it's a new song. If, if you just slow down, creep. When you were here before, I couldn't look you in the eye. Like it is the same. And I, for for me, I'm not a fan, nor not not a fan. Like I, I have yeah. no, I had no opinion on Lana Del Rey. Except that I'd seen her in interviews, and she just does not seem like the friendliest human being on the planet. But to me, this is disrespectful, almost on a vanilla ice ice baby level. I mean, like to deny to deny this was inspired, at least inspired by something else, just seems crazy to me. And when you consider Elton John got sued for, (laughs) you know, and and it's just like. how the hell? Like, how do you get away with this? And it makes me wonder if it's not just the execs telling the truth. Like, all we did was ask for writing credits. We haven't filed a lawsuit against the woman. Just give some credit where credit's due. And, like, how easy would that be? Like, she's just got to be like, no, it's all mine. Like, she can't put the two songs next to each other and go, like, do it, do it, do like, a ooh, Sam Smith. I see what I, yeah, mm-hmm. I see. I see. Do yeah. a Sam Smith. Go, Shit, yeah. Well, how did I hear it? It's very similar. Yeah. You're right. I'm going to give them credit. They, they didn't even ask for royalties. Just credit. Like, that to me is just like, come on, Lana. <laughs> come on, Lana. Like, but that's, Lana, do what's right. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. I find it disrespectful. I think in the world of music, um, like Tom Petty said, you're going to hear this. It's going to happen. You know, whether it was intentional yeah. or not. There's so many chords in music, you know, and mm-hmm. some are very popular. And well, I mean, like you said, I mean, to your point, I mean, a lot of artists on here who've been in that situation when they heard their song is like, yeah, there's some similarities. Here's a paycheck, you know. <laughs> I made okay a lot with it. Here, here's a here's a Wahlburger and yeah. some chips. <laughs> here, I'll I'll tour with your band to pay the debt off. You know, no problem. <laughs> you know, you know. Well, I mean, like. How does somebody like Lana Del Rey not just come out and like acknowledge the Hollies and acknowledge yeah. Radiohead who came out and paved the path way before her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just say, you know, they it was brought up that this song might sound similar, and I'd never really thought about it before, but it, uh, it kind of does. Well, and even even well, well, 
Even freaking Ed Sheeran. And, you know, he did a mashup. Yeah. He admits that there are similarities. It's just the difference mm-hmm. between similarities and stealing. You right. know. Um, well, just, just where I'm at on it. <laughs> I'm a little angry. I'm a little angry. Comic book villain hate, but. <laughs> so what do you guys think, man? What'd you think? That was the list. Oh, I think there's a song called Cola by Lana Del Rey. What same situation where she? No, you know, no. that's just the song where he's he, just she referring talks about her. to her, referring to what yeah. vagina. And I, I, like. I will correct myself and give credit where credit is due in this one. The lyric is actually "My pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola." So oh, well, she has okay. brand loyalty apparently. Yeah. Well, so, so that's good. and also a very so specific Oasis. flavor. It's apparently. got the logo right on, like yeah. right above, you yeah. know, her. That works. I, I, now, however, the next line is, my eyes are wide like cherry pies, so yeah, I think you might see where I got confused. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I get yeah. so yeah. Just for the yeah. record. Yeah. I just, so, she, yeah, like I said, you learned something else about Lana Del Rey today. She's got the same loyalties as Oasis. She drinks Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and bringing it back around. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Full circle. Oh, God. We've got, uh, yeah. I don't know. You guys out there, let me know what you think. Uh, let me. Sorry about that. Let me know if there's <laughs> any songs out there that you like. Any on this list that you 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 agree with, disagree with, or just vehemently are like, yeah, I fucking heard that my whole life and couldn't understand how no one else had heard it. Obviously, that we left a lot of songs off the list. We all know there are a bunch of songs out there. Yeah, I purposely did not talk about any of the Marvin Gaye stuff because they've gone after Yet a couple. It still of people. got brought up. Hey, look, man, the blur lines thing is really hard for me to argue. I hear it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's there. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you've got artists like people have come out. Bruno Mars does. Um, um, what is the song? Is it called Paradise? You know, your sex takes me to paradise. You know the song, right? You know, yeah. as far as Bruno Mars. It's a message in a bottle right there. Right. It's yeah. very I, similar. Every, but he Every is, time I hear it, I'll go on it. Oh, he has said that, yeah, you know, like clearly I was probably inspired by the police. And Sting has come out and mm-hmm. said, I mean, it sounds like he was inspired, but it's not our song. You know, it's not, right. it's similar style. He did it in a, pol- a police style, but it's not a police song. So, I mean, you're going to get that stuff. But, you know, anytime you hear you know, a Bruno for, Mars song, what? You well, dance? for me, like anytime I hear a Bruno Mars song, I mean, I consider him very talented. Every time I hear one of his songs, it's like I listen to the sound and it's like I want I, – I know I should like this, but I don't. <laughs> society tells me I should like this Bruno Mars song, uh, but no, society I mean, is like, sometimes it, wrong. Well, no, no, the thing is, it's like I've heard in the past and I know I've heard back in the 80s or early 90s that I loved, but for some reason – in his songs, it just doesn't add up to me. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. I like Bruno Mars. I like Bruno Mars quite a bit, actually. I think he's fun, and I enjoy most of his songs overall. I yeah, he seems him. like a good dude, very talented, but yeah. it's just, you know, yeah. his songs aren't, you know, right up there with me. Just, yeah. But that's fair. I mean, I'm not I'm not opposed to what you're saying. I'm, I'm going to, in fact, if anything, even though I don't feel the same way about his music, I have to go on the defense and say, I understand what you're saying because I feel mm. the same way about Whitney Houston. Where I can see that. There are some Whitney Houston songs I love, and I think mm-hmm. she had a mega incredible voice. 
majorly like very talented woman and she chose for whatever reason to sing pop and that's fine i guess it paid a lot you know but like she could have done anything with that voice and very rarely did i hear her just let loose with it which is why i will always love you was such a big hit for her because she just tears it up she lets loose yeah and I will say that Mariah Carey, I'm also not, I'm not a huge fan of Mariah Carey, but knows what she can do with her voice. And while she does pop, she still does that. She still does with her voice, what she can do inside that pop song. Like, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? I don't know if I'm making sense, but it it makes sense to me. So I get what you're saying about, about, uh, Bruno Mars. I get, I get where you're going. Like I get, I should like it and that he's talented, but. It just doesn't mm-hmm. speak to you, man. Yeah. That's the, Which is uh, totally fair. Yeah, that's the thing about music. It either speaks to you or it doesn't. Sometimes it speaks to you so much, you just take the damn song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slap some new lyrics on it. Add an extra... It's all good. You know, there you go. Oh, it's a new song. No, you know. You know, if you want to get into that case a little bit, first of all, we all know that it was despicable that when he tried to defend it and say that he didn't, they didn't take the song. Again, dude, just say like, yeah, execs gave me the damn song and told me to sing it. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. Not only did he, did he defend that forever, he later has come out and said that he eventually just bought the rights to to the song under pressure. So now he owns it. Yeah, that's not true either. It's a lie. Mm-hmm. People can look that up, and uh, it's not true. And I'm Come sure should not maybe do it. I'm sure, right? That's what you should have. That, that said. would be the more believable thing, right? Right. I mean, if he'd have said that, we'd all been on board. Like, oh right. yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally checks, out. checks out. Before or after he dangled you out a window, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or while for all I know, it's like yeah. well, you know you're yeah. gonna play it. Okay, you know, please don't, don't please those pants are. Probably going to slide off. They're pretty loose, you know. Um, well, he's talked about all of that, like the fact that they created him. They made him look the way they wanted him to look. They made yeah. him dress like MC Hammer because Hammer was wildly yeah, popular. Was, yeah, the shit back then. Yeah, so yeah. it was one of those things where they, they took a guy that actually, from what I hear, had talent. And they, you know, give him a wave a paycheck in his face. I shit, dude. I'd probably done it too. Like, yeah. You want me to wear those pants? Okay, yeah. No, bring them over. Yeah, it's fine. I was just gonna wear these jeans. You can bring those over. That's fine. I mean, to be yeah. fair, they look comfortable. Yeah, they look comfy. Really those guys. Like I, I was gonna sleep in those. Breezy. I was yeah. gonna sleep in those anyway. So I'm like, oh, I'll wear them on stage. Now you want me to do what with my Take hair? Take silk. Mm, what do you nice. want me to do with my hair? Yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's fine. Yeah, stop this train. I don't want to get off. You know, it's all good. So, <laughs> so there you guys go. Was that was that a subtle uh, vanilla ice? Yes, lyric. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Stop this train. I wanna. You don't know that song. Yeah, yeah I do. that was a oh, stupid okay. ass video. Just too. confirming. It was a stupid ass song, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> stupid ass song deserves a stupid ass video. Listen, Ice Ice Baby is a horrible video. It's him yeah. in front of a green screen with shit flashing behind him while he dances. It's not good. Word um, to your mother. Uh, so there you go. That's what we got for you this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, hope you guys are enjoying everything. If you've not been going over and listening to some of the past episodes, which some people have 
it is really cool. I tell these guys all the time, and I'm sure they get annoyed with it. They're like, yeah, dude, we don't care anymore. Because I'm always like, guess what? Oh, no. A new episode made it into the top 10. And the reason that's exciting for me, I like watching episodes battle it out for our top 10 most listened to episodes. Because it means people are going back and listening to past episodes, which is cool. Uh, we apologize for some of the early stuff, guys. I mean, I'm not going to take it down. It's there, but... Uh, I don't. I wasn't on those. <laughs> you were on some of them. <laughs> some of them, yeah. Yeah. When you hear about the old stuff, just remember it was a different time. You know, yeah. You know, well, we're just saying audio quality has changed a lot. And the audio quality. We used to have this really funny setup where we set it, 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 we all set in a row. We were together, and we all sat in a row. We weren't mm. facing each other. We just sat next to each other, facing a wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And we didn't have enough microphones, so sometimes strange. sometimes we would have people on the show, like guests, or they would sometimes come. Sometimes we get a little too intoxicated during the show. and uh, <laughs> Where famous sometimes lines we... come from. What's that? That's where famous lines came from, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I've been drinking. Yep. <laughs> I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Oh God! Well, we would have people. Drunk as fuck. We would have people sit. On, <laughs> we would have people sit uh, in on I the think show. I was on the GI Joe episode. Oh, sorry. What the drunk as fuck thing? Yeah. How would you remember that? We did two uh, GI well, Joe episodes. We did. Uh, we we actually had an interview. Uh, yeah. With, uh, with uh, Josh Blaylock. Josh Blaylock, who wrote yeah. for the GI Joe comics. Mm-hmm. That was one of our early, early interviews, and then um, which I need to put that that I don't actually have that as a clickable interview, which I need to fix that because it is. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, and then we did we did back to back. We talked about the comic books, the GI Joe comic books, and then we did mm-hmm. GI Joe the movie, the uh, yeah. not the live action one, the animated one. You know, I was a man once. It's a great. It's actually a great movie. Yeah, um, I was about to say the good movie. Yeah, the whole history of the fact that, and we talk about all of it, the fact that it was supposed to go to theaters, but because Transformers, the movie, did not do what they expected, they ended up mm-hmm. releasing G.I. Joe at home, which kind of sucks, because G.I. Joe, the movie, was great. So, Yeah, it was um, a lot better than Transformers, the movie. But yeah, we did some bad episodes back then, though. and uh, I, Oh, yeah, totally. To, horrible. To go down memory lane really <laughs> quick, the very first episode... Um, when we came back was like when this show started was the very, very first episode was a, uh, was, Oh God. Um, teen wolf two <laughs> talking about teen wolf two and oh, short, short circuit. circuit. That was a twisted kid. And or, I got so no. mad. No, no, it was just the first episode of mixtape. We, we ever did. And I got so mad. Well, at I don't Stewie. think I was on that one. Uh, no, I think oh, yeah. it might have just been me and Stewie. I don't even know. I think Kevin was on. I it. think it was. I think it was uh, me, Stewie, and Jay. I got so mad at Stu because we agreed we would do those two movies, and then I sat down and watched those piles of shit. Oh yeah, only one of you <laughs> watched each one of them, and I was so mad at him because Teen Wolf Two is garbage. Yeah, I watched Teen Wolf, Wolf Two. Oh yeah. God, it's you bad. watched Teen Wolf Two and Stu watched Short Circuit Two, but you watched both. I watched both. Yeah, mm. and I was I wanted to, ooh, I was gonna murder doing him. your research. Yeah, I was like, dude, that is not fair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I had to watch Team Wolf, listen, if I have to watch Fuzz Bucket, <laughs> hey man, I changed your life for the better. Uh, it changed my life, that's for sure. Kev's watched Fuzz Bucket too, right, Kev? Yeah, it's what brought me on the show. So that's right, Fuzz Bucket. You better watch that if it's because Disney Plus is going to be taking a lot of stuff off. 
No kidding. I don't know if Fuzz yeah, Bucket's it, coming off or not, but better or not. That's a legacy one. It was on their day one. Yeah. This was uh guys, there's a whole thing. So I know we've talked about it and but we'll round it out a little for maybe some new listeners and stuff. I'm real quick, I'm gonna do this. We a uh, group of us did a show, Casey was part of that way back in the day called the Obscure Eighties. It was an eighties show. It's what we talked about. We mm-hmm. met Matt through that show. Uh Matt started doing his own show called the Slugcast. And then all those died down, which is fine. But at one point, Matt and I, we don't live, Matt and Kevin and I, we don't live in the same state, but we became really close friends. And Matt and I wanted a way to keep in touch, which, by the way, has worked. Yes, like, it has. We are yeah. super close friends. And it's, I say this all the time, it's weird for me to think that I can't just go hang out with you tonight because yeah. I talk to you so damn much. Um, so we decided, Matt and I wanted a way to keep in touch. We're like, we literally want to talk about dumb shit and we want to get together. So we started a, a show called Twisted Kid, which I have all those episodes, by the way. I just want to let you know, Matt. Oh, all right. Yep. On a hard drive. I just found them. So Matt and I said, we're going to just, we're going to talk about all these weird movies we remember from when we were kids. We'll just keep bringing them to the table and we'll watch them and we'll talk about them. We had, um, Patrick was on an episode. Um, we had, um, oh God, did we, who else did we have guest? Was it just Patrick? I think Metal Mikey came on. Brian Uh, Wolford might've done an episode with us. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so we did a, Ashley a, a Bank. Oh, Alexander Hill. Oh, yeah, Ashley Bank yeah. from Monster Squad. Ashley Bank from Monster Squad actually did Monster oh, Squad with talked us. About, no, she talked about Die Hard. Die Hard, because you had never seen it, and she dared you to watch yeah. it. Yeah, it was the whole thing. Yeah. So, we had Brother D on. Well, not on not on those Twisted Kids. So oh, we, yeah, that's we right. did a Twisted Kid podcast for a while, and then we just sort of phased out. It was more for us just yeah. to talk about fun shit, which we realized we were going to do anyway. Yeah. Um. So that's why Twisted Kid is still a thing on this show that we do over on YouTube now because we still like we like these we like torturing each other with these Oh yeah. quote unquote bad but somehow good movies. Yeah. But Matt always Matt, talked yeah, about early enjoyable movies. So I always talked about Peanut Butter Solution which we found and has now become a kind of popular thing but nobody knew what it was when I used to talk about it. I just want to be clear about yeah. that. And Matt always talked about two movies. Now he's going to go too. He talked about mm-hmm. Fuzz Bucket. Oh, I know another one. Yeah. He talked about Fuzz Bucket all the time, but we never could find it. And now yeah. it's available on Disney Plus. So we've watched it for this show. What's the other one, Matt? Uh, Blind Fury? No, that's not the one no. I was thinking of. Oh. Okay. I was thinking of another movie. I, I that, like Blind Fury. That, that got brought up to me again recently. And I laughed so hard when this uh, when this person brought it up. And I went and found it. And it's available to watch uh, free. Are you. Through Are you about to YouTube. blow my mind right now? Through YouTube, you can watch The Villain. Oh, God. Yeah, The Villain. For free. Uh, Wait, it's, on, it's on YouTube? Kirk Douglas? It is on YouTube. Yeah. Kirk Douglas and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah. And Margaret. And Margaret. Margaret. And Margaret, yeah. So, got brought yeah. up to me the other day, and I laughed. That one, uh, hey, Tapeworm Terry, I know you're listening. Uh, we may have to get you in on that one, because I know that you definitely have seen that movie i laughed pretty hard when it got brought up by somebody else i was like yeah i've heard all about this movie and they're like what yeah. i was like i have a friend who uh has talked many many times about this movie so yeah. i went looking and it's available for free the whole movie on youtube nice i so have to happen <laughs> here really soon so yeah. um guys we thank everybody for listening uh we all we appreciate everything all the reviews you guys leave please keep doing that it's, it's super helpful and we got it's awesome that you guys would even do that so thank you um i don't know which podcast you're listening maybe you're on spotify maybe you're on pandora maybe you're on itunes doesn't matter all of them uh, all of them count so if you can leave a review that'd be great 
Uh, I just mentioned yeah. we do some YouTube stuff. You can go over and check us out on YouTube. Um, yeah. We do videos up over there, and uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun doing that. That's just us being silly and goofy, and uh, it's a good way to watch some dumb shit with us. Yeah. Uh, all the social medias, you heard earlier how to access those, so please go check us out on all of those. Um, yeah, go to the website. It's the easiest way to do anything. It really is. You can go to the website and click direct links to everything, and one of the things that is up on the website, I mentioned that you can go to our interview page and click on that and go to the interview directly, which is a nice way if you we talk about an interview and you want to go listen to it, you can do it through there. Please do go listen to those interviews. Um, we really appreciate our guests giving us time to yeah. um, you know sit down and talk with us. Matt puts all of these songs into a playlist on Spotify. That playlist is available. There will be one for this as well. I will send you the songs, Matt. Um, because it could get complicated. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you guys send over some songs, like I said, we've got the country one coming up. Uh, he will create, he creates a fan playlist as well. So those go up yeah. for those episodes too. So please go check us out, uh, on Spotify. That's all I can think of. I forget anything. Um, no, but I, I will say, um, if this is coming out before Crypticon Kansas city, uh, we are still looking for volunteers, so uh, get on the Facebook page for Crypticon Kansas City, and uh, you can actually sign up to volunteer for all three of the Crypticons, uh, which is Kansas City, Minneapolis, and Denver, Colorado is going to be the new one this year. Oh, that's cool. And Matt will tell you that he he um, he volunteers for it most years, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, you will be working. You'll be helping out. You'll be doing something. Quote unquote work. But it's yeah, cool it's, because it's you get so in for fun. free. You have a lot of fun. And sometimes you get to meet cool people. Yeah. Matt has and met quite a few celebrities. So, uh, yeah. Some of which, uh, not to brag, one of them was Ashley Bank. Actually, that's how I met her, was through Crypticon. Yeah. I mean, he's met um, some really cool people through there. So, yeah. Like one on one interaction. He's talked to him, you know, mm-hmm. autographs, all that stuff. So, he's yeah. driven him around, got him coffee. Some. Had him, them out had him sing to him. Yeah, yeah. everyone got barbecue or not gotten barbecue with some of them. <laughs> Ooh, that, that, that was a whole. Fun. That's a whole story. So if you're Sign in, to the Patreon for that, if you're in any of those areas and you can, Patreon doesn't exist yet. Uh, so uh, don't don't actually try to do that. Don't do that yet. Uh, if you're in any of those areas and you want to volunteer for it, you should. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to Matt. He can definitely yeah. help with that. I'll point um, you in the right direction. He yeah. is uh, what Twisted Kid Matt. Yep. At gmail.com. Correct. I guess it's okay that I said that, right? That's fine. <laughs> He's like, I mean, it's fine now. I mean, I can cut it out, but uh, if you have questions, I mean, if you, if you, yeah, that'd uh, be fine. About Crypticon, just uh, drop him a line, and he can he can help guide you in the right direction. So, so that's it. That's all we got, guys. Uh, we love y'all. Please uh, come back and, and spend some more time with us. Coming up, like I said, we've got we're going to be talking about eighties country. We're going to be talking about nineties country. Oh my god, it's it's and. I wanna, uh, uh, Hey, uh, breaking news that even these two fools don't know, uh, and I'm saying this because I did it while we were recording. That's what I believe. Uh, I just got a I just got a 3D printer, and um, well, we knew that. Hey guys, <laughs> yeah, you knew that. The listeners didn't. But uh, if you're fans of the YouTube, uh, the YouTube channel, and you happen to watch the Demonic Toys episode, we we did a little uh, a lady, <laughs> lady cop, cop. Lady, lady cop, cop thing. Um, 
So, Jay, I think you need to get a 3D printer now, and I'm going to send you a file. Uh, I've just made a desk lady cop. That's great. I've been looking at 3D printers, actually. So Yeah. So, uh, I've been looking that'll at them be, a lot. Uh, I was super jealous, way. and now I want one. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've 3D printed several things in the past couple of days, and... Yeah, so I'll be I'll be printing some stuff, Everybody home including a cool man a, a sign that says "Lady Cop." He's like, <laughs> and it's it's uh it's got our website on the bottom too. That's so. cool. That's cool. Possible merch. So merch. That's it. Do you know what we yeah. do got? We got ourselves telling you guys out there that until next time we get to speak to you here on the mixtape to always stay, stay awesome. awesome. No.